Oh my god, that was one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard. Oh, thanks. And it's well, yeah. And I, I once heard the sound of a vegetable lasagna getting poured into a bin. Now that was a beautiful sound. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sarah and Mike are dating. Yeah. And one day, Sarah uh, calls Mike and says, "Mike, I just don't think it's going to work out between us." And Mike says, "Funny." Right after you said that, I started thinking the same thing. Ah. Uh, um, Mike. Yeah. Okay, so... So good to see you hearing me. Thank you so much for taking... You could have been anywhere tonight doing anything, but you were locked in your home in Victoria and you had nothing better to do. You couldn't sleep. You saw an Instagram photo of your mate, Jeremy... With your ex-girl, Louise, you can't sleep. You want to go out and you, you want to go out and, you know, just hit Jeremy over the head with a shovel. But you can't because you're in lockdown. But as soon as we get rid of this pesky virus, it's the first thing you'll do. You know, walk past those great brunch spots you used to know and love. The bars swinging with the jazz you used to listen to all night. And go straight to Jeremy and hit him over the head with a shovel and say, don't you even talk to my girl. And Jeremy will quite rightly reply, she ain't your girl no more, bro. And um, he'll be quite uh, lethargic, having been clubbed over the head with a shovel by you, an angry Victorian who's been locked in your home for at least four years. That's right. You have a crazy stepdad. He has locked you in your room since age seven. You're now 25. You want to go to uni? Come on, Steve. I'll call your dad if you just let me out. Please, Dad. Oh, that's all I wanted to hear. That's all you had to say. Call me Dad. You are now free to go. And you walk out. You're refreshing MySpace. How come no one's commenting on my wall? What did I do that was wrong? No, you've been in a room locked by your stepdad for at least 13 years. And then coronavirus hits. Imagine that. Imagine being locked in your room by your crazy stepdad for 13 years. He finally has he finally gets a he gets swooped by magpies and he runs into a pole. He knocks his head and he has a sudden personality change. An S-P-C. Um, and he has a sudden personality change. He has an S-P-C. And he decides, you know what, I'm going to let out that guy. I can't even remember what he did wrong. It was 13 years ago. I kind of just went along with it, assuming that I, I put him in there for a good reason. And he says, all right, kid, get out of here. I'm not kid. I'm 25. I've been here for 13 years. You dick locked me in there and you get out and you're about to step one foot outside and taste fresh air for the first time in your life and a cop pepper sprays you in the freaking eyes and says coronavirus lockdowns get the hell back inside two people i don't like in this life surfers and people with the beards i don't care if it's a bit if you're like a you know sometimes there are people who are just crazy and they're just sort of unkept like, I haven't slept in seven days. They got a beard. I like those people. Um, they're creative. After your seventh day of no, no sleep, you get very creative. I made a butterfly out of this person's flesh. Well done. But 
people with beards who are like, oh yeah, I put this oil in my beard and I trim it every morning. And they think they have some little like bro code with the beard. And this is why I'm so not looking forward to losing my hair as a middle-aged man. Because you have to like grow a beard so you don't get mistaken for Michael Klim in the streets. Hey, Michael Klim! Like, no, I just, I'm bald and I don't have a beard. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry, Michael. No, sorry, I'm not Michael. Sorry, Mr. Klim. And just because Michael Klim wants to be aerodynamic and, and put aftershave on literally every facet of his body. Jeez, his shaving, he'd be getting in the shower. All right, say you had a two-bedroom flat with Michael Klim and you had a few beers after work and you're like, oh, I actually need to go to the bathroom. And then just as you go to the bathroom, Michael Klim goes in with a towel and a razor. And you go, hey, Michael, you got to be long in there? Oh, just shaving. Jesus. Michael Klim, the great manscaper, he's going to be shaving every bloody millimetre of his body. He comes out two hours later, you're standing in the middle of the hall, puddle at the feet, drenched pants, going, Michael, I couldn't wait! Uh, so that's why, okay, there's two lessons there. Michael Klim should probably have an ensuite. Secondly, what we're doing tonight was a very special episode. We're raising awareness for awareness. A lot of people just aren't quite aware enough. They're talking about friends they don't like very much and the friend is sitting right behind them in the cafe you need to be aware of this look around before you start bitching about someone hey mate you've got a moth on your back you get it off get it off it's mate it's just a moth get it off be aware we're raising awareness for awareness tonight so please give very generously all proceeds from tonight's show will go to my raging cocaine habit. Thank you so much. And so my parents bought this house in 1990. All right, they're baby boomers. So they bought it. They don't freaking deserve it. All right, they're never going to take it back. We, the people, are going to take back this house from the undeserving baby boomers who stole a free university education and we're going to make them pay it back. We got roads that need winding. Uh, we're going to go down to Sydney. That's what I'm going to do. Say, hey, mom and dad. They're going to go, all right, hi, Harry. How much money do you want now? And I'll say, no, I'm not here for money. And they're going to say, you, you're actually here because you love us and you want to catch up and you want to... And I'm going to say, no, I'm here to get what's ours. We the people, we own this house. And me and my, my buddies, we're going to put on our beanies and we're going to take back the house. What I'm going to do is, I'm gonna, uh, what I have to do, they're saying, Harry, we're downsizing. You need to get rid of all this childhood stuff in your old bedroom. I say, it's not my childhood stuff. Literally, I didn't even know it existed. I have never looked at this stuff since I was like five years old. But every little photo book from when you're uh, you know, a baby, every um, coloring in book from when you're in kindergarten, all your school reports, all the way through primary and high school, your parents put them in boxes and folders. If you're a home builder out there or an architect, when you have built-in like wardrobes in a bedroom, there's a there's generally like a top shelf with a with a door that swings open at the very top, and you can, actually can't reach it from the ground. You need like a sort of chair or something to get up there. That is literally where you put childhood shit. It's a childhood shit cupboard, and uh, I got to clean it out. All right, on the weekend, and I got to decide what to bring back to Brisbane. If if I if there was like a really specific house fire in in my family home and and I and mum and dad bring up they're like hey, Harry the house is on fire and I'm like no 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 and they said no well actually it was just limited to the top shelf of your old built-in wardrobe in your old bedroom and all your childhood stuff is gone 
I'd be like, oh, that's, that sucks. Like, there's like, there like old photos and reports. Oh, no. Um, okay. But if I had to physically pick that up and put it in a bin, how the hell, how the hell do you do that? How do you pick up a photo album full of photos from like the 90s and early 2000s of you with family members, some who are living, some who are not, and some who are dead? <laughs> because some people are alive but not living. Do you know what I mean? You missed the Melbourne Storm v Roosters game? <laughs> you're alive, but you're not living, dude. And so, what do you do? You just cart around this stuff your entire life? Every share house you move to, you got to cart around, like, just memories and old documents? Sometimes in life, I get a little bit jealous of uh, people who had really traumatic childhoods. Because what did they do? They wanted nothing to do with their childhood. They burnt their pictures, all right? Like, freaking stepdad was a dick, and they just, like, throw out all those photos of them and their stepdad. I was whipped with a belt every day in that family home, and they giggle to themselves as it's bulldozed. People who had happy childhoods, happy, safe, rather uneventful childhoods, like myself and many other cursed others, you know, we have to cart around all these happy memories, and it is literally a physical burden. It is literally, actually a physical burden. We have to carry around literally boxes full of documents because we didn't have traumatic childhoods. So if you did have a traumatic childhood, you did have a stepdad and he whipped you with a belt just for spelling the word effervescent incorrectly. There's a C after the S. You need to check your privilege because, you know, you don't need as big a property to rent because you've got less stuff and you're saving money. Maybe you should pay more for your university degree. Um, Well... That is a shaft that uh, you, you send buckets down and collect water out of. <laughs> anyway, um, Lucy McCarthy. How are you, Lee? What? Nothing. <laughs> what? We're just saying each other's <laughs> names. One of the least frequently heard sentences of all time. Yeah. My current, my current housemate plays the ukulele. Yeah. <laughs> One of my former housemate plays the ukulele. Mm. Um, my deceased housemate plays the ukulele. <laughs> that one also works. Yeah. My now um, very socially ostracised housemate plays the ukulele. Mm-hmm. Th- these also, you hear these yeah, phrases a lot, yeah. but you never hear... My what? friend and housemate. Yeah. Yeah, so I went over there wearing my best leopard print shirt mm-hmm. um, to seduce my friend who was making <laughs> yeah. pulled pork. And I said, how did you... Uh, what, I mean, it, t- it tasted good, all right? It tasted okay. Mm. I said, what, what's in this? He said, pork and like, I don't know, half a litre of barbecue sauce. It... <laughs> <laughs> Like, I, I, get, I get it. Slow cooking Do is easy. they come in litre bottles? He said the recipe oh, nice. was like, squeeze as much as you can out of a barbecue sauce bottle and then keep squeezing. <laughs> um, I understand that slow cookers are very easy. You just put mm. stuff in the Everyone's slow cooker and then you just get yeah, out of there. Exactly. It, it's not that easy, man. I think now people are just sort of <laughs> yeah. taking the piss. Like, you can't yeah, just, just put... put anything. <laughs> It'll cook. I mean, I'm a, I love my mother to bits, but mm. I pulled her up on this one. So I think I'll, I would have been about nine years old. Mm. And, and she made meatloaf. And I said, Mum, what's in the meatloaf? And she simply said, I don't know. I just found a bunch of things in the cupboard, put them in the meatloaf. <laughs> and I said, you can't do that. Like, you, you actually well, can't you do can, that. But did it taste good, though? Um, I think that, that's it. And you just have to not think too much into it. That is pers- completely beside the point. You can't just make up a... Re- you can't- meatloaf is another thing that people just have complete contempt for. They just go, oh, mince, and then just chuck anything else in there into mm-hmm. a bread container and put it in the oven. And then it's a meatloaf. Like, put cyanide yeah. in there. Put um, used <laughs> tissues in there. Well, I guess With that's mince, the point of... Um, you, you are a chef if you can uh, improvise in the kitchen. 
So I guess improvising would be using whatever you have and making something edible and also tasty. Do you think in, in many years I'll be reflecting on my life as I write my autobiography and I'll go, <gasps> Mum, she was a chef. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. I, so I'm, I'm going to pull myself up there for just a moment. I've been talking about my childhood a lot lately. Yeah. Am I dying? <laughs> Am I dying and I don't know it? (laughs) I remember something, if you were dying, this is what you do. You know, the times have got you reflecting. Maybe. I've been very emotional. You also could be dying, who knows? I've been drinking a lot of soy milk. I've been getting very emotional. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) I've been leaking a lot. Right, yeah, I've heard Um, of. I reckon I might reverse engineer the fact that I'm dying. Like, I'll start, like, I'm not dying. Yep. Because you know, people talk, people start talking about that, what happened when they were young, when they're dying. Like you, you meet, every time you go somewhere, every time yeah, you meet someone on a deathbed. Yeah, that is so fair. <laughs> like, <laughs> Does it happen often for you? Just every, <laughs> all the, every day. People on a deathbed. Yeah. Um, and and they always go, oh, yes, I remember eating chocolate bars when I was a boy. And so, Jesus, mate, like come on, like surely something interesting happened yeah. after you turned thirty. True. Come on. Um, True. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's what dying people do. And so mm-hmm. I think if you start talking about your childhood too much. You might sort of start dying. Start dying. You, you, you're going to convince oh, your brain that you're dying. <laughs> <laughs> and no one would be you sad because I'd be, be like, yeah. he just talked about his childhood all day. Like, I know. We're actually <laughs> so glad. I mean, it was a bit of a shock. We I mean, didn't expect to, to be in the middle of the M3 and him just kill <laughs> over like that. But <laughs> luckily we were only going 50. <laughs> uh, yep. It, today was a beautiful day for a white wedding, if you like rainy and overcast white weddings. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Can you give me an update on your bocce club situation? <sighs> Have you made it to nationals yet? What's to update on? <laughs> I I haven't made nationals. I've been twice now, okay? Okay, yeah. So So there was no progress from the last one. I I went a second time. Yeah. Um, the, both times I went there there was a quite unsavory experience where I don't, I'm not sure if this happens every week there. Right. And maybe it was me. Maybe uh-huh. maybe I don't, I, I've forgotten how to go to the toilet. But both <laughs> times I went there, like, people were getting into arguments about who, like, was going to the toilet and missing the toilet. Right. And I'm not sure if this is re- regular, if this is was what happens with I don't know. Like, <laughs> if, it, if, it didn't, if, if it hasn't happened since I le- haven't been there, and like, it never happened mm, before I arrived. Like, the don't first time I was like, back. like, I think, I mean, I remember going to the toilet, but I remember doing a good job. Half an hour later, someone in the bathroom went, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> At least it wasn't the first person that walked in after. Yeah, there wasn't like Could a Could have queue. been someone else. But, like, someone was like, there's just water everywhere. You know, <laughs> you've got to clean this up. And, and you know, I was like, oh, my God. And there was like a, there was like a bit of a Spanish Inquisition. Like, who's doing yeah, this? Yeah. <laughs> and then, and like, the, the second week, it happened again. Right. And then, uh, you could hear it from across the hall. Someone walks in and goes, You would Guy! assume it was the old fogies, the old Italian men that that worked there. But, but then, I, I, who, <laughs> but how are we to an, know? Wouldn't that be an Agatha Christie plot twist? If, if the youngest <laughs> exactly, bloke by 30 guy. years yeah. is the one peeing on the floor. Mm-hmm. No, so I don't want to besmirch the, the bodge cup because, honestly, it could have been me. Maybe, yeah. yeah, we're all prone to absent-mindedness from time to time. Maybe mm. I was just like, thinking about what the answer to that Sudoku in the newspaper was that morning and, and was just urinating on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. So, mm. I love the phrase circling back. I, mm. It's the worst. But The first mm. time I use a slow cooker, yep. I put it on and then you're leaving the house and maybe this is the first sign that I had adult, adult anxiety. Uh-huh. Not that... Adult anxiety is any different from children anxiety mm. or pet anxiety. But you um, were at your own place, presumably, yes. and you'd left it on 
no, similarly, I'm a good Samaritan. I break into an iron or a yeah. straightener. I break yeah. into the homes of people who cook just like slow cooked pork with just a, mm. a half a liter of barbecue sauce, and I actually make slow cooked maximum with many different ingredients. And then I go back out through the window. Mm. They wake up going, "Wow, what smells so good? And why is everything <laughs> smashed? <laughs> and where's my wallet?" And I go, "Good Samaritan, but I will just take a little bit of money for that." It was, the onions were quite expensive this yeah, week at Carl's. Exactly, um, yeah. So the first time I sort of thought, hey, something's not right here. I need to talk to somebody a lot at a really fun party about my mental health issues Mm -hmm. until they want to go home. That was when I put on a slow cooker (laughs) and and I left and I was like, is that going to be okay? Yep. Like, uh-huh. There's something about leaving an appliance on yeah. at home and you're mm-hmm. not there. Yep. And, that's and it's why hot too. It's hot. It's like yeah. an iron. It's like a yep. stove. And so that's why I'm here to announce a really great uh, start me up. Oh, yeah? It's like a startup except funded purely by members of the Rolling Stones. It's called a start, <laughs> it's called a start me up. Uh-huh. And um, it is called the Slow Cook Cam. And so mm-hmm. app for your phone. And you just put the slow cooker on. Oh. And when you're at work, it's sort of like when you have a, a baby um, yep. and you sort of leave it at home yep. to fend for itself in the cot. Mm-hmm. And you can just sort of, yes, you're happens. at work, driving forklifts, and you've got one hand on the <laughs> yeah. wheel, one one foot on the pedal. It's and you've got, you you got your eyes on the phone as you're reversing through a uh, pedestrian uh, walkway, <laughs> watching your slow cooked meal on yeah. your phone. Yeah. I actually think that's really inventive and. A lot of people would get around it. Under and I think the Rolling phrase. Stones would back it. <laughs> so, like bands like U2, right? Um, <laughs> this is my theory about U2. Yes, please and I think tell me. If you're a U2 fan, you might start throwing objects at me. Yeah. So I'm just going to take this phone. Scrunchy though. It's nice. Like take that phone here. I'm just going to take that (laughs) door stop. Um, And then I'm going to say this. Okay, please. I think that the U2 band are actually set up as a not-for-profit charity for tax purposes. Mm -hmm. We all know they're from uh, Dublin. Yes. But are they really? We all know that Dublin has a very low corporate tax bracket, the lowest in the world. Such that such that that band uh, bands companies like Facebook Uh and Google actually have their headquarters in Dublin uh-huh. for tax purposes. Right. I think that they are faking an Irish accent. I think that they are actually from Geelong. Right. And <laughs> have thick Mel- uh, Melbourneian accents. They're set up in uh, Dublin for tax purposes. Mm-hmm. They're, and they're a charity. And through that charity loophole, they don't have to pay any tax whatsoever. And how they define themselves as a charity is that every time they play a concert, after every song, they have to say some half-hearted political message like, (laughs) education for all. (laughs) And then they claim all the money themselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's a long commitment. And violence. The tape has leaked to the press of the first ever U2 concert at Geelong Leagues Club. Uh G'day, guys. (laughs) One day we're going to play Live 8. And we're pretty bloody stoked about it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't have even known what it was then. <laughs> anyway, here's our cover of Flame Trees. <laughs> Welcome to the Inala Dressage League. We have a cracking day's action of dressage today. Unfortunately, due to an RSPCA petition signed by every uni student in Newtown, horses are no longer allowed to be ridden on, but the dressage players have found a loophole and are now riding on poor people. There are two favourites here today. The first is Archibald Bochu, who speaks of having an innate relationship with the poor person that he rides on. In fact, some of his colleagues call him the poor person whisperer. The second is Angus de Fish Egg, who has the nickname Angry Angus from the time he blew up a taxi with a Molotov cocktail after losing a dressage match. 
He got off on self-defence because the taxi driver was found to have presumably gone to a public school. Angus has no perceivable skills, but is nonetheless the red-hot favourite because his mother is the judge and his father is the mayor. So the players are out on the pitch, they're trotting around, approaching the first bench. Wait, is that a streaker? My word, that's a streaker. There, there appears to be something written on his left buttock. Yes, can we zoom in on that, please, cameraman? No, not, not that, his buttock. Yes, that is a message. It says, tune in to Talking Dressage on 4ZZZ 102.1 FM. What is that? Well, while players pause, we might as well have a listen. Oh, hello, my lovelies. Bug me backwards and call me Brian. Have we got a treat for you tonight? Not only do you have the man, the myth, the pervert, Harry Lee in the studio tonight, but we have a celebrity. And I'm talking <laughs> not one of those celebrities you find on Big Brother Celebrity Up Late. Uh, I'm talking a celebrity you find up late. Yeah, I'm up late at the moment, but yes, I'm a celebrity. Liam sorts. Morton! Hello, hey. Liam Morton, he was over there, and now he's here. I'm here, right now, right here. Do people with dreadlocks, does their hair smell bad? People with dreadlocks, like, you have to put effort into how dirty that hair is. Like, you don't have to just not wash. You have to get, like, just kitchen grease left over from fish and chip shops when they close at 10pm on Sundays yeah. and just scoop it up and rub it in. Yeah. And you got to really... It's important that you, you really massage that, that chip oil into your hair. And also when you're driving and, and your car breaks down, you can stick your dreadlocks inside the exhaust and just clean yeah. up, you know. Another fun thing you can do with dreadlocks is stand in front of people at music concerts and just lean back suddenly and just make sure that they get a mouthful of your freaking dirty, clumpy hair. <laughs> I understand you've been doing a bit of nude modelling. Uh, is this correct? That is true. Do you reckon when, when you um, show up to those classes to do the um, sort of nude modelling for the mm. painting, mm. do you reckon there's a, a lot of like really horny and disappointed men in the in the audience? Look, I've wondered that. Um, occasionally, I'd say so. But not just men, women as well. I think, you know, it's horniness is... <laughs> Everyone's disappointed. Some Disappointment people, yeah. does not discriminate. Look, there is one woman, I'm not going to say, she's at an inner city... Um, uh, life drawing class and she's it's been reasonably persistent but she's been showing up at a lot of your classes she's been showing up at a lot of classes has she been yeah. showing up at a lot of your front um, row seats um, sort of thing showing up in a lot of your DMs on Instagram as well hasn't appeared in my Instagram DMs but I think that's probably an age thing like not to discriminate against old people but she's old so okay you know I'm more likely to receive a letter <laughs> <laughs> with all kinds of nasty things written in a quill ink <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't do it the conventional way And I think Steve Smith's a great example for that He is a great example I think he averages 60 Something like that I think that's, uh, you know, that's, that's good enough 60, 60 teardrops of press conference 60 teardrops Oh right, sorry um. <laughs> My favourite song to play at the moment Is a song called The Man in Black uh, By Johnny Cash By, uh, it's you but it's I'm inspired by Johnny Cash. Yeah, I got maybe done on 30 June. Oh, sorry to hear that. Had all these hopes and dreams, you know, and then all of a sudden, what, what, I have to change my LinkedIn status to, to activist and freelance writer. Yeah, okay. 
Is freelance writer just Latin for, like, feminist? I feel like all freelance writers are feminists. Are they? They might be. Yeah, no. Why can't feminist writers get jobs? They always become freelance. They're like a... Probably go right any any um, feminine, uh, feminist freelance writers listening, we, is, we, need, we need answers. Can Quick you write smart. to us, please? Yeah. We need them <laughs> pointing, out, pointing out everything that's patriarchal about this program. Um, there is a d- distinct lack of gender diversity in the room right now. I'm inspecting two vans tomorrow. So right. Two vans. I guess yeah. two vans are a lot cheaper when, when you're just a one-man band. You can just get a smart car, really. <laughs> <laughs> On tour... And just like just fill it up with just whis- empty whiskey bottles. And yeah. Just yeah. You pretend to be more drunk when you are when you you stumble out, and the, the police pull you over and they go, "This guy's this guy's cooked." They they give you the the breathalyzer and it's zero point zero zero. And you're like, "Hey, yeah, cops, don't tell anyone. I'm actually just trying to. F- I'm actually faking the rock and roll persona. <laughs> I actually shampoo. Cool. I shampoo daily. And, and lots of broccoli. And I drink non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> Um, i got to keep the ruse up, man. You can't go around telling people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually studying to be an aerospace engineer. They, they talk about the original um, drummer for the Beatles. I was a man named Pete Best. Yeah. and He's so good looking. He's Have you have you seen a photo of him? Well, apparently they kicked him out of the band because he was stealing all the girls. Hey, if you saw a photo of him, you would understand why. <laughs> I don't want to see a photo from him. I'll, You'll I'll... feel bad about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to Microsoft Paint and just go draw and warts on it or something. Sit at home naked. Yeah, I'm heaping than Pete Best. Um, <laughs> imagine if your wife saw a photo of Pete Best and then the photo of Pete Best stole your wife. Like, not even Pete Best himself. <laughs> like, dude, my wife left me for a photo of a guy and she just walks around with a photo in her wallet. That, that would be pretty um, I'm going to eat two coffees. And it's like, uh, so, who for who? And it's like, oh, just... Pete, and then she just opens her wallet and shows the photo. Little Petey. This is one of the most creepy stories I'll ever hear. But um, the, the, the guy who started uh, Hard Rock Cafe, you know, like those yeah, cafes yeah. all around the world, he is a, one of the biggest collectors of rock and roll memorabilia in the world. Yeah. And he married Ringo Starr's first ex-wife. So okay. Ringo Starr got divorced from her in like 1968, and he ended up marrying this lady in the 80s. Yeah. And he once referred to her as his greatest piece of memorabilia. Yeah, is that a bit sickening? Uh, it's a, yeah, it makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, um, that's not nice. Do you ever have you ever thrown out a phone before? I no, find people actually hoard them. But I was once uh, I had a, I had a girlfriend at the time, and I was with her at uh, Stratty, and um, there's this part of Stratty where there's like these cliffs. Okay. And um, she had her phone. <laughs> She, no. she dropped her phone into the ocean from like 30 metres I'd say what, you have to be careful. Sometimes people's reflex action is to try and catch the phone and stop it from falling. Yeah, that wouldn't have been good. Luckily, she didn't have that, but we did. Well, I just Luckily, she's watch- not a material girl. No, but I do remember watching her phone bounce off various rocks into the water. And all the cute photo, all the cute selfies of you. Yeah, and her. lost forever. All the nudie, all the nudies. Oh, oh. oh yeah. Yeah, oh, it's with the ocean now. Yeah, that's what all those deep sea divers are doing. They go, oh, look at these guys, they're, they're spearfishing. They're just saying, oh, a cell phone, there has to be a cell phone around here somewhere with nudies on it. <laughs> Pervert spear fishermen. Um, <laughs> sunny afternoon. Sunny afternoon. Live on, live on Talking Dressage, 4 triple said. Sunny afternoon, Liam Morton. Flying blind through the night. Lost my heart for the seventh time. I'm dreaming of a sunny afternoon
feel like, but you don't succeed. You're played by the world, guy, you're on your knee. Losing the plot in a parking lot. Moving away, so forget me not. Moving away, so forget me not. Well, I'm a run around in circles, chasing all the time, and I'm looking for an answer to know the reason why. And I'm flying blind through the night, lost my heart for the seventh time, dreaming of a sunny afternoon. like a man and walk with a plan I'm high as a cat so I'm faster than look what you done with the broken thumb asking a girl but I'm too much fun asking a girl but I'm too much fun well I'm a run around in circles and chasing all the time looking for an Chasing all the time Looking for an answer To know the reason why And I'm flying blind through the night I've lost my heart for the seventh time Dreaming of a sunny afternoon Yeah, I'm dreaming of a sunny afternoon Played by the world, got you on your knee Losing the plot in a parking lot Moving away, so forget me not Oh, you ripper under, you ripper under And how are, we, how are you guys? We have two very special guests in the house tonight We have uh, members of critically to be acclaimed band uh, Daisy and the White Jacket, they are in the studio tonight. They are looking at me and they're, they're applauding themselves. I think... As, I'm applauding you, man. I'm applauding you. <laughs> as the old saying goes, don't wait to be asked to, be, to pat yourself on the back. Just pat yourself on the back. Let's get right in there. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> introduce yourselves and name three uh, hobbies that you, you, you would have if you um, enjoyed doing those particular things rather than just playing Minecraft all day. Oh, okay. What if Minecraft is one of those things? What if I Google Google? Matt, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah, you, 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 you just can't list Minecraft then, Sam. Uh, um, oh, man, making bread. 
Making bread. Ooh. Yeah, I love me a sourdough. Did that? Was this a pre-coronavirus? Were you doing it okay, before no, no, coronavirus? No. Then everyone started doing it coronavirus. You're like, I oh my it, god! I did it a year before coronavirus. I had like okay. the leaven sourdough started going. It was great. Um, so you were given the YouTube tutorials during lockdown about how to do it. No, no, you no. You created was, these monsters. I was on the YouTube tutorials. I was finding out from like these French dudes, and essentially you turn a Pyrex like casserole dish upside down. That's how. You get like good steamed bread. Free nuts, what I reckon. Free nuts, what I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like no, no packets here. Um, oh, what was the, what was the other things? Yeah, so I got let go from both my jobs in the same week in like April. You get both. Yeah. So I was a bartender. Oh my god, you, you can only blame coronavirus up to a point. If you're losing two jobs in one week, well, I was a, a little bit of that's on you, buddy. I was a recent <laughs> hire to my um like office job. So right, like it was uh, my head was like close to the top of the chopping block. Hey, I was yeah. low hanging. I was low hanging yeah. fruit too, dude. I'm out there. I'm back on the market. As oh. they say, one door closes. Another door slams in your face. Ten yeah. more doors close <laughs> for every, like, one person. Yeah. As they, as they say, one door closes, and then three years later when you get another job, another one opens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as soon as you're hired again, all these jobs come out. I know. And you, uh, and yeah. you accept the job of cleaning nightclub toilets, and you're going, oh, I could have actually got that journalism gig after all. But, uh, yeah, no, yeah. I am actually yeah, unemployed, and so... We can do a live read of our resumes a bit later on if you prefer. <laughs> okay, I can get mine up on my Dropbox. Then what are you talking about? But you might, It's you, on hand. You've lost two jobs, but you got one because you are a bass in a, a soon-to-be critically acclaimed rock band called Daisy and the White Jacket. That is true. Woo. And I'm also back in the office as of like two weeks ago. So oh, I had like three so months so off. So and all now of that. So like, all of that. <laughs> I was unemployed. I felt your pain. This is the first time I actually want to sanitise during this whole coronavirus <laughs> pandemic because I just fist bumped someone who pretended to be in solidarity with my unemployedness. I was. For a while. <laughs> He's been there. Well, this is, this is a, a success good. story. Moment Sam. solidarity. And yeah, so, yeah. Sam, Sam, come closer to the mic. Hello. We have Sam Shepard here, who's uh, the lead gu- uh, guitarist. And Not also lead, like, rhythm, guitarist. rhythm guitarist. Rhythm guitarist. Step down Sorry. off that. But sing, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so he's a rhythm guitarist, aka he sings, and then last week he learnt three chords in guitar. So, yes, uh, Sam Shepard, yeah, and, and uh, you're back, dude. You have risen like the phoenix from the ashes of Port Royal. <laughs> Something like that, yeah, yeah. Do you think playing the harp would be a good instrument? Because you could just play it very badly, but no one knows how to play the harp, so they just think you're shredding. (laughs) I saw someone with, like, a portable harp today. It was, like, a stand-up chest piece thing with, like, a... It was, like, a reverse backpack, and she was, like... In in real life? And you thought she was shredding, but she just bought that that day. She was doing... (laughs) (laughs) Okay. She was doing the sound of silence, and it was beautiful. Like, the vocal melody and the... And then, like, a deer walks up from behind. It was really cool. It was like a Disney scene. The mist just, like, appears from... (laughs) Is it possible for to do a rendition of Sound of Silence that isn't beautiful? It's sort of like cooking a Thai green curry. Oh, no, man, you never had a bad tried. one. It's just some are just better than others. I want to see yeah. the chats do it. I want to see the chats do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They'll find a way to make yeah, yeah, it repulsive. Yeah. How do we feel about the chats? I mean, I'm from Queensland, so we have to like them. And anything, as, Whenever Queensland gets mentioned in the press, even if it's yeah. like, oh, like there was a murder in Brisbane, I go, sweet. ABC <laughs> News, national news mentioned Brisbane. Yeah. You, know, you get a bit of inner glow. Yeah. Uh, pardon? Do you have any drips when it's raining? Yeah. Do we have drips? <laughs> Do we have drips? I'm going to tell you, I was live on radio a few months ago and yeah. my housemate sent me a video of all this water leaking through a ceiling, okay? Oh, no. And she said, it's a mood. And I said, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about these new modern phrases like, wow, that's lit and whatever. Yeah. But uh, It's like, a vibe. Yeah, it's a vibe. Like, But what is going on in this image? 
And she was like, oh, so that leaky tap that in the bathroom? I said, yeah, did they fix it? They fixed it for 10 minutes and the plumber left and then it exploded. <laughs> oh, shit. So the, the image of the water all pouring from the ceiling was the apartment beneath us. Yeah, right. And she apparently had all these expensive shoes and books that were all damaged and she was very angry. Yeah. And, but um, but she, I, I say do not mess with this lady because she, um, this lady downstairs, she's, uh, she does like um, spiritual stuff. Uh, she has a little cherub and like crystals Oh, you definitely have like a voodoo doll of yourself. Hex. Exactly. I said, you're done. Because they, they ha- she was like, oh, you're stupid. You're five you left now, the tap right? going and, and I was like, dude, you need to smooth things over that lady yeah. ASAP. Like she's yeah. got voodoo dolls like ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> Ow, it's my leg! <laughs> my dick just fell off! Oh my god! <laughs> I'll fix the basin! I'll fix it! Um, anyway. What's done is done. <laughs> What's done is done. The nurses were actually underemployed Wait. during the, the lockdowns. Mm. And they and they still probably are in, in Queensland. Because, especially when elective surgery stopped, they were doing less work. Like, yes. casual nurses weren't getting shifts. Yep. And there was this illusion that... No one was actually actively trying to dispel that somehow people who worked in hospitals were really, really busy. But there was no coronavirus and there was also just no one going out in cars on quad bikes and injuring themselves. And so I remember watching this clip and um, I'm not sure if you're related to them, but there's a band called Shepherd from Brisbane, pop band. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they... And they we went to the same school that I, I went to, apparently. Right. But, yeah. All right. So they might be some of you, mate. You might have taken them to to um, the formal, but um, in in the in the pink Hummer limo. Yes. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they they did a um they performed their new single for these nurses, and so they did a live. Oh, cross. I saw that actually. Yes. And yeah. so they did a live cross to some nurses who were in a in a um, lunch room in the hospital, and they said, "Hey, we're gonna play this new song, but let's have a chat first. Um, you guys m- must be crazy for you guys, and they were like super busy, and they were like. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And I said, whoa, whoa, let's just pause the video here, Harry. Lady, all right, you have time to sit down in a lunchroom and <laughs> and watch Shepard live stream their new single, okay? You are not busy. I'm not having a go at you right now. I think you're, there are you're, in, the front li- you're in the front line, but here was your opportunity to say, dude, Shepard, we're actually not busy. Like, we're here to watch your, like, live streamed single. And I'm at work. Like, I'm actually at work. Someone showed me TikTok the other day, and every video is just um, construction workers doing synchronized dance moves, which they've obviously learned on site. Yeah. It's like 50 construction workers <laughs> doing the same dance. It's it's a mood. They're, yeah, it's a mood. It's lit. <laughs> Do you it's know how long it takes a carpenter to learn a dance, though? That, that'd be a lot of company time. A, a lot. Like, you have... If you were probably a developer, and you saw that clip, you'd be like, I've paid these guys <laughs> to learn to dance. Yeah. Yeah, I want a percentage of your TikTok earnings. Thank you very much. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. Talk me through Daisy and the White Jacket. How's the, how, where do people get these names from? Because I think I know exactly what you guys are up to. Mm. And to be honest, I like it. What are we up to, man? It, what are we up to? Tell me, because I, I don't know. Yeah, we want to know. When I, when, it was Liam Morton who said, hey, you should interview um, Daisy and the White Jacket. Mm. And I said, okay. Um, she art? <laughs> Fair enough. She fit. That's actually elusive. That was that's a fair. I like that you said that because I did want something that was not four guys playing, you know, rock indie rock, mm-hmm. alternate rock in a rock band, and I didn't, you know, I didn't want it to be like an obvious. So you get in there for the quota. Like people I'll, be like, we need to play him on the radio. Oh. To get the female quotas up. <laughs> we need to put him in the bill. To get the quotas up. All yeah. of a sudden, Daisy in the white jacket come out. For all those people who don't <laughs> actually listen to the songs and they just go, all right, we'll play that band because yeah. it sounds yeah. It's like we win. 
We win. I don't like the quotas. And I look, you don't have to jump on this grenade, but I, I'll jump on my own grenade. Yeah. All right? But I don't like the quotas because it's patronising. Ladies can do rock and roll. They can. They don't need our help. But And then all of a sudden, a lady on a bill is going, am I here because I'm rock and roll or because it's a quota? Right. It's demeaning. Right. Mm. They don't need our support. They've they got two legs, just like us, no. and two arms to, to shred with, okay? What if you grew up in the early 2000s and then and then you finally got like rich and famous in like 2030 and then you still just really wanted to, to have sex with someone who was really hot in the early like 2000s? If you had sex with like... Jennifer Aniston? Like, like a 70-year-old Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston. And you, and you just rock up and you, you go to a barbecue with your with your mates who are, hey now, who are now married with three kids <laughs> and they're like 50 years old. It's like, hey guys, guess what I did in the weekend? Uh, Harry, what did you uh, get up to? Uh, and you go, oh, bang, uh, Jennifer Aniston. Uh, and they go, she's still uh, alive? Titties <laughs> you know I mean? are hard as ever. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, keep only- the dream alive. you got to keep the dream alive. I'm down. Who's that person? Who's that person for you? And and Matt, who's that person oh, for you? Mate. Oh, Hayley Williams is always going to be like... Hayley Williams. I'll yeah. tell you who mine was. Emma... Uh, Emily Stone. Blunt oh, And then she Blunt. got married She was the only celebrity female I ever had in the background Of my laptop screen And then I found out She was pregnant To Josh Krasinski Did, Didn't even know She was dating him And I was so furious I said You've wronged me Emily And I and I changed it To a picture of um of, of myself Burning my laptop Which used to have The Emily Blunt As the background nice. It was quite emphatic and then I took a picture of me holding the laptop with a new background of me holding my old laptop with the background of Emily Blunt. And I sent it to her as fan mail. Physical or like just email? Uh, from uh, the new laptop. She didn't personally reply. Her attorney um, sent something quite interesting. I forget what it said. But, um, <laughs> Say uh, Sam, no witnesses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And so, so this is a song called... It's called Queen Without a Crown. Queen Without a Crown. It's, it's a B-side at the moment. It may... It, it might make a daisy set, it might not. <clears throat> okay. Another bottle down, I'm not hanging around. Seems I'm on my way down to the grave, yeah. Then she walks right in like a queen of the town. With the raise of the brow, she raised my frown Here I go again, beginning of the end Are you a foe friend? Cause she's a queen without a crown And tonight I'm not fooling around Yeah, she's a woman of rock and roll Cause she got heart and she got soul Yes, she's a mistress of time and space And she'll have you all over the place Cause she's a queen without a crown And tonight Yet tonight I'm not fooling around Here we are laid out amongst the hay Hear the birds at work, here comes the break of day Never wanted to end, think of words to say, yeah Will I see you again, she says, baby 
come what may Here I go again Beginning or the end Cause she's a queen without a crown And tonight I'm not fooling around If she's a woman of rock and roll Cause she got heart and she got soul, yeah Mistress of time and space And she'll have you all over the place Cause she's a queen without a crown And tonight Yeah, tonight I'm not fooling around I'm not fooling around I'm not fooling around I'm not fooling around There's like a guitar solo coming up that I don't play Daisy in the white, but without the white jacket. Without the Sam right, just, Shepherd. Just, yeah. And Matt providing some great emotional support there. If you, yeah. if Matt was there, I if you needed it. him, yeah, he was there. Yeah, I was pulling some faces. Could have at least given him an egg shaker. Or something. My five wives are all very happy. My herb garden is doing exceptionally well, and the my only concern is that. Next year, when Qantas recommences its international flights in uh, mid-2021, as they say, there are going to be pilots flying international flights about 12 hours long that might not have flown planes for over a year. And they're just going to get back behind the wheel and go, let's freaking do this. It's one and a half years is a long time. All right? One and a half years... In normal time, that's like that's like twenty years in online dating time. That is like seventy years in dog years. That's like two hundred and ten years in in doggy online dating years. And so my suspicion is, do not be. You don't want to be the first person to get on that international flight. You want to be as soon as Scott Morrison says you are no longer trapped in this country. Do not be the first person to book the $10 flight to Bali when all this happens up. Because it's going to be cheap. You know why it's going to be cheap? Because there's going to be a little bit of dotted line, a little bit of a um, fine print at the bottom saying, uh, you cannot lodge a formal complaint if you die in a plane crash. For such a big country, when when you make a list of, all right, let's, let's do this, Australia, let's go, best things to do. It's you know the list isn't as long as you think sometimes. There's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of space that's sort of the same thing. It's like let's go see the sandy desert, and that's like one third of Australia. Yes, and that's just the one thing. There's a lot of different trees to see in the Daintree rainforest, 
But, I mean, how many of them do you see before you start to go, all right, I think I've seen them all. Like, I haven't seen them all, but I feel like I have. The worst ideas in life, contrary to popular belief, a lot of people who who aren't boys, they they think, oh, boys get together and they all egg each other on to do stupid things. Arguably, the the worst ideas aren't, like, encouraged. Someone just says, hey, I'm going to do this, and they do it, and it's a dumb thing. I remember sitting around just talking. Everything was going completely normally in, like, grade 11. And then one guy went, I'm going to, like, wet my pants. And we were like, okay. And then he just did it. He urinated in his shorts. And we were like, dude, you did it. And he was like, I did it. And he was just sitting there with, with wet shorts. And we were like, what are you going to do now? Uh we might go change. They're making new board games all the time. They're just printing these out. In fact, they just make the same one but different edition. And so you get a little bit more mileage out of it. You know, Simpsons Monopoly. You get you get Chinese human rights breaches Monopoly. And, you know, Mayfair is just like arresting protesters in, in Hong Kong. Yeah. I think if you're lucky and you don't live past 90, you'll never get bored. You know, if you if you live past 90, you make like 110 and you get that letter from the Queen and she's like, congratulations, because, you know, as our ages sort of, our life expectancy goes up, you know, she can't write to everyone at, at 100 anymore because we'll all bloody live to 100. You know, we've got kombucha, guys. We've got kombucha. With this stuff, we're invincible. We'll live to 130 at least. So I think 110 will be, and then it'll probably go up to 120 and... God, how old will be the how old will the queen be then? She'll be still fit and active, still sexually active at 150. No slowing down the queen. You know, we need government support for our struggling artists. If you're a struggling artist, you know, get better at art. Stop struggling. Make some good art. All right, all right. If you're struggling, maybe it's time to do something else. I'm so sick of these people who say believe in your dreams. All right, I'm sick of celebrities. They make it as singers or movie stars and then they go live on television and they do this unconscionable thing. It's unconscionable. They say, um, never give up. Believe in your dreams. Like, okay, you never gave up and your dream came true. How many other people never gave up and are still shagging producers in Hollywood, still selling their body in the streets going, one day I'll be Gwyneth Paltrow. No, it, I'm sorry, you made it, but you, you have scant regard for how, how the, the stars align for you and how they just simply don't for anyone else. My advice to you is this. No celebrity has the guts to say this except me. I'm a celebrity and I'm telling you this for real. If you're not good at something, stop doing it and do something else. And um, a good sign that you're not very good at something is if no one likes it, all right? So if you're a struggling artist, unless you're like 20 years ahead of your time, if you're like some future artist, and because everything has been done before, a future artist, might, it just means like, what, what are we rehashing from the past? Maybe in 20 years, we'll be doing like 60s again. And so if you're a future artist and you're, and you're redoing like tie-dye t-shirts and framing them, and you're ahead of your time for right now, okay, I'll, I'll give you a free pass here. Keep doing what you're doing. Hang tight in 20 years, it's going to go off. Because, you know, you don't want to be like Van Gogh, who calls a bit early. They go, no one likes my art! Ah! And, and then cuts off his ear, and then, uh, I don't know, did he kill himself or something? And then afterwards, just that art just blows up. He's just blown up, all right? And so you don't want to do Vincent, all right? But if you get a hunch that you're not Vincent Van Gogh in, in any way, then probably do something else. I mean, look, we need more electricians. Do you know how much money electricians make? They're freaking making a fortune at the moment. You know why? Because there are not enough electricians. 
And if you're a little bit bored at work, you probably, you know, a lot of people say on JobKeeper. So they have a job, they're at work, but they're not necessarily working. You know, you've neglected the junk inbox your entire life. All right? You, you treated it with absolute contempt. All right? It's there. It serves, it's, it's doing a good job. And sometimes some good stuff, some good deals show up in there. And all of a sudden you find yourself checking the junk inbox on a daily basis going, oh, hang on. Have I been in a car accident in the UK lately? Maybe let's have a think about that. Because you got time now. Um, well, that is a shaft that uh, you, you send buckets down and collect water out of. <laughs> anyway. Um, this song is called The Man in Black. The Man in Black by Liam Morton. You listen to Liam Morton on Talking Dressage. Portable Z. Well, at a quarter to eight, I met my fate. And God came to get me, but I got away, I got away. The neighbor shout and I'll make the news And then I'll run so far in a stolen car And I'll make my way back to your stupid bar Do you want the man in black? I know who you are But when it's ten at night And you see the light of day Well, God is left and I saw Shout and I'll make the news and then I'll run so far in a stolen car and I'll make my way back to your stupid bar. Do you want the man in black? I know who you are. Left and I saw him run away. 